You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Modern Web Podcast. My name is Tracy. You can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leet. And I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Lesh, which you can follow on Twitter at Ben Lesh. Hi, Ben. Hi. <laughs> We're excited today because we have some awesome uh, folks from Microsoft who are working on just some amazing things. And uh, this is going to be a really fun podcast. But before we get started, I have to say a big thank you to our sponsors, Kendo React. So if you haven't heard of them, they are basically a professional UI and data viz component library. Um, they designed and built it from the ground up specifically for React. So, you know, Kendo React can basically augment any existing UI stack you currently have, and it has over 80 feature-rich components in there. So um, there's a lot of advanced functionality in there as well. Definitely check it out if you're excited about uh, making your life easier as a developer, which I definitely am. So let me go ahead and welcome our guests here today. Uh, first off, uh, welcoming Stephanie back to the podcast. Welcome back, Stephanie. Thank you. <laughs> Stephanie's a program manager at Edge uh, on Edge Developer Experiences at Microsoft, and we also have Zuhir. Welcome. Hi. Thank <laughs> Hi. you. And uh, Zuhir is a program manager at Microsoft on the HTML platform team. And then we have Craig here. Hi, Craig. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and he's a principal software engineer at Microsoft. So, and and Ben, I didn't give you a title because you don't have one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ben, <laughs> Ben's on the RxJS core team. He's original author of RxJS. And, you know, we have so much fun on this podcast together. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and get started. Um, you know, I think, Sue, here, you're the one that initially reached out and said, hey, we're working on something really cool. And I love to see ideas like the ones we're talking about today actually come to fruition. Um, not just again, you know, co coming from some of these larger companies, right? I love to see innovation coming out of, you know, Microsoft and Google and Facebook and all these other companies. But why don't you kind of give us an idea of, you know, what we're talking about today and we can go from there. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, like last year we started seeing um, more and more foldable devices, uh, you know, with Samsung uh, introduced the original, like, a bendable foldable uh, device. Uh, Microsoft announced uh, uh, two devices in October last year, and we started even seeing more from other uh, vendors. And and uh, one of the things we uh, we really like, uh, we know for sure that the browser is the most popular app on any device, so whether it's desktop or mobile. The browser is is literally the most popular app, and and we want to make sure we give web developers something. We prepare them uh, for for this form factor, so they can create like. Uh, uh, nice UIs and uh, something we we also aware of uh, that web developers if we don't give them an API they will find a way so you know like uh, use the UA uh, sniff some UA string also like calculate like this device width and height ratio is this that means it's something like maybe like a Microsoft Surface Duo or a Samsung uh, uh, Galaxy Fold so we want to also like avoid that and try to make the web that make sure the web platform is uh, ready as as early as possible uh, for web developers to create some really nice UIs uh, uh, for um, 
uh, for this, you know, uh, uh, this kind of form factor. So yeah, we started we started there, and and uh, uh, the original kind of the very first API we worked on was like a JavaScript API. Uh, it's called uh, um, a Windows Segment Enumeration API, where you know one JavaScript method you call and you get an array of DOM rects representing um, every kind of uh, a logical display display region or every screen in this device. And then after that, we worked on a CSS uh, media query uh, because you know it's it's what people should be using for uh, uh, for laying out content and 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 on like detecting this this device and um, creating responsive experience for it. So yeah, this is uh, this is how it all started. And uh, today uh, we st we have prototype of these APIs. We're working on standardizing them uh, and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a really fun fun year for us. <laughs> so these uh, this these new APIs, I'd imagine, since you're talking about the foldable devices, which I think are all Android based, right? Uh, so is this? Uh, I've never used one. I've never actually seen one. Is this a, a situation where if I was to open one of these foldable devices, like the browser would literally, like a single browser window would kind of be displayed across two screens. Yes. And, and you can like adjust that somehow, like lay it out ap appropriately with these APIs. Yes, that, that's exactly right. So you're gonna have one viewport uh, uh, spanned, like the, the, you know, like the, 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 the browser viewport will be spanned across uh, across the kind of default or the hinge, and um, uh, this device can sit in many postures. So you can have it like you know, uh, you can you can hold it flat like a tablet, or you can hold it like uh, a book, for example, uh, or you can you can make it sit on your on your on your uh, table like a like a like a laptop uh, or a tent even. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like we we want to make sure that developers are uh, are uh, understand uh, where where default position is, so they can put the video above it or below it based on the device posture, or they can avoid having a button right on default. In case it's a book, I can't really click it there. You know what I mean? So you have to have it on either side of, of default, um, you know, for better like, so so people can actually like use it. So yeah, this is kind of uh, uh, how it works in, in, in general. And this is kind of the confusing uh, bit a little bit that people think, oh, like, is we have like one viewport? Yes, it's one viewport. It's not like you know, uh, uh, you see one tab here and the other tab there or something like that. No, it's one browser viewport, and and what we give you is information to learn where the hinge basically is. Interesting. Does does this API have any other applications? I have a selfish reason for asking this. I work on a, a desktop app that actually has multiple windows at times. Uh, can this can the same API be used on like a multi-window desktop scenario for a browser? Or? Uh, yeah. So uh, the the short answer for for that is uh, no, not now. And uh, and the reason and the reason is when designing this API, we kind of we kind of looked at the behavior of the window manager. Uh, so uh, people had like. People had desktops with two monitors for like I don't know decades now, and uh, we really did not hear anyone, you know, complaining that my browser window is spanning across my two large monitors, and like I have a button right, right, like you know, cut by by the window manager right where the monitors uh, uh, are, are connected. So, um, um, you know, like. Uh, 
on this kind of portable form factor, the spanning across the hinge is a semantic window mode, just like what you have in desktop, like resize, maximize, maximize and minimize. And on, on this foldable form factor, it's like kind of a semantic window mode where like it's spanned or not spanned. So uh, we followed kind of the window manager behavior and we started with only like kind of the the, the portable devices window manager, which was seen, which is seen today on Android and and the Windows 10X. Uh, so we don't cater for 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 uh, desktop scenarios when the viewport is spanned across the two displays. But this is something we also are kind of waiting to 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 learn more from developers if they want to see it and why do what the use case is. Uh, something I want to mention also is um, our friends at Google working on two APIs for desktops. Uh, one of them is called Window Placement API, so you can um, maybe um, maybe I um, I should not speak a lot about them because I'm not very expert in like the the, the, the fine details of them, but you can like place kind of uh, windows on your two monitors the way you like, or you can enumerate how many external monitors you have. So it's kind of you know different window managers, different semantic uh, window modes, you know, led us to different kind of to separate the two things. Uh, but yeah, like in general, like if web developers really want to see this API. When the viewport is spanned across external monitors, we're happy to accommodate and listen to what they want to see and, and what they want to do and, and you know adjust our API design accordingly. Uh, I feel like somebody should just automate all of this for us. Like developers should never have to worry about doing any of this stuff ever again. Wouldn't that be amazing? But you know, I know that's not possible now, although great product idea or standards idea, somebody help us. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about this and then you know what's next for our future you know like what are we what kind of technology or screens or devices or non-devices are we going to see in the next 10 years or so but you know since we have to deal with this right now and and the upcoming future of these new devices um stephanie like how should developers and designers actually start to think about building for dual screen devices so they should really like start to think of this as just like the next evolution in web design and responsive design. Like when you look at the whole picture and like even going back to when we first had smartphones and had a browser on a phone, like we've just continued to add screen sizes like every year. Like every time we get a new iPhone, like the screen size gets a little bit bigger. Um, and so, this is just another evolution of that but this time like you can actually fold it and so i don't want developers or designers to to be afraid of the hinge don't be afraid of the hinge <laughs> um, but instead look at it as an opportunity that that you can take advantage of to create an uh, enhanced experience. So I don't, um, like, if you don't want to take advantage of those two screens, you don't have to, but the opportunity is there. And you can, like, just as a someone who comes from a background in design, like, I'm st I immediately started thinking of, like, e like even down to, like, a, a, a food blog uh, with recipes and, like, how you could adapt the layout to that sort of website on a dual screen and make it more efficient. And so I think it just it's an opportunity to really, really start to explore some new and interesting interaction models and and design layouts that really break outside of of the sort of cookie cutter 
uh, web design layouts that we've all become accustomed to. Like this is an opportunity to start to really like use CSS Grid in new ways and and come up with some interesting layouts. So don't be afraid of, of the dual screen. So I'm personally super excited. <laughs> don't be afraid of the hinge. Don't be afraid of the dual screen. I love it. Those need to be shirts. <laughs> And oh, one other thing I want to add too, like um, mm -hmm. this is the first time we, I think again, coming from a background in design, I always heard like there is technically no fold in web design. Well, now there is. And so I'm, I'm curious to see like how people will take that, uh, how people, how designers will adapt their, their, web designs to when like when someone does fold the screen like there's just so many different options and I'm I'm just really excited. <laughs> so. I almost think about like how I feel you know um, if you look at Instagram for example right and um, some Instagram uh, feeds um, you know they have the three screens across so like they make one big image out mm -hmm. of those, like uh, out of those the nine block grid right. Yep. So I'm super curious to see how people kind of start utilizing it too. It's, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. If, if I were to guess, I would say that the designers are going to do what programmers do and they'll be like, okay, so we've got this new thing and they'll forget that it was an old thing like that involved paper and then they'll just reinvent the same rules that existed 30 years ago for like this, like a new thing. That's what, that's what programmers always do. They're, they're like, oh, we've got this new check out this new way to do something. And then you look back and you're like, wait, this was from the seventies, but that's okay. So <laughs> I had a guess. Reinvented. <laughs> um, so uh, Craig, can you, can you tell us a little bit about the surface duo? Um, I'm, I'm interested to like, are there any like new things that you've seen people trying to do with the surface duo and these new APIs that are exciting? Yeah, so I, I held it up earlier. Obviously, if you're just listening to this, you you can't see anything, but uh, it's you know it's a super thin phone. As as you hear Stephanie mentioned, you know the the APIs we're talking about are cross-platform. You know they they're not intended to run just on this device, but obviously here at Microsoft we're very excited about the Surface Duo, and so you know we're obviously talking about it in the context of Microsoft Edge, you know, running on these two screens. Um, so uh, to answer a question you mentioned earlier, uh, it is an Android device. Uh, so uh, people might be surprised that you know, Microsoft's shipping something that runs Android. Uh, you may or may not be surprised to hear that you know all of Microsoft apps run on Android, like so all of the Office and you know Launcher and stuff to give you a, a good experience with this. Uh, but the key one is Edge, uh, obviously. So uh, that gives you know, web developers, such as the people listening to this podcast, you know, an, an outlet, a way to play with uh, dual screen devices to think about how they might want to present their uh, web apps on two screens. Um, and so uh, you asked about you know, what people are doing. Um, I've started to see people experimenting with uh, the APIs that Zaheer and Stephanie talked about, the JavaScript and the CSS media query. Um, and you know you don't need to have a, a Surface Duo uh, to get started with this. So yeah, I have a device in my hand, uh, but Stephanie mentioned she hasn't uh, hasn't got one yet. So we have to uh, have to fix that problem as soon as we can. But um, you don't need to have a Duo. Uh, there's an Android emulator. If any of the people out there are you know also Android devs or are interested in getting the emulator on their on their machine, it runs on Mac, Windows, and Linux. Uh, so you can easily get started with this stuff uh, if you want to try that. 
Um, the cool thing, though, is that it's even easier to get started than that because both Chrome uh, and Edge uh, Canary builds at the moment have a Surface Duo emulator. Uh, simulator is probably a better term uh, in DevTools. So you know when you're working on your desktop with your existing browser, uh, you can just you know scroll down in your list of um, emulator options, uh, pick Surface Duo. Um, there's some instructions on our blog and on our Docs website. Um, uh, docs.microsoft.com slash dual screen. Uh, and you can literally start playing with an, like a visual of what the dual screen Surface Duo looks like uh, and start experimenting with the APIs. And we've seen people doing that. Uh, I've seen there's already an app that I know of on Google Play that's a trusted web app, you know, shipping as a PWA uh, and it's dual screen aware uh, just using the APIs that uh, we're talking about. So check out the, the media query. It's super easy to experiment with, uh, you know, with your current developer tools. Yeah, the the uh, that was the next thing I was going to ask is if it was in the developer tools thing because that was the first thing I was going to go see is like oh can I go play with this in developer tools? But it sounds like I need the canary though. It's so it'll be probably a month or two before it's in uh, Chrome and Edge proper, right? And uh, it's uh, still going to be uh, behind a flag, so you have to uh, go to the DevTools experimental. So like there is a cog, and and you turn on experimental DevTools stuff, and you just check box for um, for uh, the dual screen emulation, but yeah, uh, it's pretty exciting that it's like upstream and and uh, at at uh, um, multiple browsers using Chromium um, will will be getting the emulation. Yeah, yeah, and super easy to you know experiment with your existing website. Go into DevTools, <laughs> jump into your CSS, uh, and you know the API is very simple. It helps you to you know negotiate where the hinge is, and you know you can just you know, do your responsive design to bash up against the left of the hinge or the right of the hinge, or if it's vertical, you know, the top and bottom of the hinge. So it's, you know, it's really easy to get started. Uh, I can't wait to see people like do this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could see like if somebody folding it and like the hinge for some reason, you know, <laughs> not being on the right side, not using, you know, maybe not using um, the API but you know if they're not using it and they're designing in strange ways so that'll be exciting but uh speaking of that um are there any like best practices that are being released for designing for using these new apis or or even even with um new um uh the new um what do you call it devices sorry <laughs> So Stephanie probably has some stuff to add to this, but we do have some dual screen, like general design guidelines that we've posted. Again, docs.microsoft.com slash dual screen. Uh, and we've really divided uh, like common interactions up into five different patterns. So an expanded canvas pattern that covers both screens, list detail is super common, uh, dual view, uh, companion pane, and uh, one that's slipped my mind. Uh, but we talk a little bit about, you know, those common patterns and how you would present them on two screens. Uh, and then a few do's and don'ts. And the do's and don'ts are kind of obvious, like don't put stuff under the hinge. <laughs> um, but, you know, we've, we've you know, thought about that uh, a bit uh, to help, you know, just web developers, but any developers targeting uh, foldable devices. Uh, and I think there's kind of some, probably some special ones that apply to, you know, working with the web and, and working on edge as well. 
I would say I have things to add to that. I was supposed to give a talk in September about dual screen device design considerations, and it got pushed back till next April. So I haven't sat down and like worked on my considerations list, but I will have some some things to share with folks. That's going to be really interesting for sure. Yeah. Stephanie, when you do a, a talk like that, are there like idiomatic examples of, you know, because there's always like ArxJS has the, oh, you do a look ahead search or like, you know, if you're going to do the idiomatic example for Siri or something, then it's like, you know, make an appointment or whatever. What's the what's the idiomatic example for like where the dual screen uh, layout can be really cool? So the one or, that I keep seeing useful. is uh, uh, a Maps app and and like having your result i think this is the, is in the explainer too um but having like your map on one side and you're searching for something and you have your results and then if you fold the device the results come on or move on top of the map and so that's sort of interesting like how the device adapts when you fold it and get rid of a screen like the, the other screens on the, the back end so that's that's the example I keep seeing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Like I, I can even see like right now we're using uh, StreamYard, right? And so we've got like a chat on one side and the like the web RTC like video thing on the other side. I could see something like that being kind of interesting or useful for a foldable yeah. screen. Since uh, since Stephanie mentioned the explainer uh, and the example we have in the explainers, uh, I, I want to actually yeah, uh, add like a few a uh, few things we kind of uh, we kind of looked at when creating the explainer to give examples uh, for, for web developers. And uh, one of the things we uh, one of the things we really like um, uh, thought of is the map example. Another one is the email example. So today, when you in a device that fits in your pocket, there is like there is a lot of navigation steps you have to take when you when you want to read your email. So you have first of all the, uh, the 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 inbox list is one one view, and then when you choose an email, it's another view that replaces the old view, and then you have to go back, and then you check the second email, and then you navigate forward, and then you navigate backwards. So you know, like in a traditional like phone that fits in your pocket, like we don't have the luxury of desktop pattern, like seeing the email list and the email content side by side which is just like one click and you don't really have to go back and forth all uh, all the time so we kind of also mentioned that in the explainer like you know like email email kind of pat app pattern is is really popular the other thing also we were thinking about is like instagram how would like some an app like you know photo editing would work and uh one of the things we thought about is you preview your filter, you preview your photo uh, after applying the filters on one view, and then all the filters, all the light settings, all the stuff are on on the other side. So you know, like you can see side by side everything without also extra navigation steps, and all that in a device that actually on this the same size of your current phone. So you know, you get like more for the same kind of size of hardware you currently have, uh, which is kind of yeah things we wanted to. Kind of highlight in our uh, explainer, <laughs> or even being able to view multiple apps, or you know, for your Instagram thing, right? You're scrolling through different filters to see which one you like. But it'd be great if you know four of them or five of them actually popped up, and you can just choose that way. 
Um, or I would love to have, you know, I mean, this is why people buy these gigantic screens these days, right? Because, you know, you need to have Slack open and your email open and Twitter open and whatever. It would be so amazing if we can actually have that on a more mobile device. Yeah. Multitasking, I think, is definitely one of the, you know, key use cases uh, for, for these phones, for these devices. Um, and Edge, you know, even having, yeah, you know, Edge for browsing and anything on the other screen that you're interested, uh, you can drag and drop between them. Uh, so for a selection and moving content, copy and paste from, from just dragging your finger or dragging with a pen. Um, so yeah, it makes sense. Uh, just to extend to his example, because we're talking about like idiomatic things that, that work best on a dual screen device. So the email example where you have, you know, the list on the left and, you know, you're zooming into your email on the right, you know, like we talked about, that's a very common list detail pattern. Um, but something that we're, you know, encouraging people to think about is that works fine when you're looking at it side by side and you know, you're using these dual screen devices like a book. Uh, and when you turn it sideways so that it's really tall, it probably doesn't necessarily even make sense to keep the list on one and you zoomed in email on the other. So why not just have your zoomed in email taking up both screens? So, you know, it's it's really context sensitive to whether the device is, you know, tall or, or wide. Uh, so suddenly you're looking at, it, uh, you know, very a tall device uh, and you've got your whole email, you can see the whole thing, um, you know, possibly without scrolling, or if you do scroll, you know, you've got a lot more reading uh, space. And then you just turn the device back to, to, to be sideways, with looks like a book, and then you've got your list in the email again. So uh, is the two screens, not just kind of bending, but, you know, whether you're holding the device horizontally or vertically uh, gives you the opportunity to present different things to uh, the user, whether you're in Edge or whether you're in Outlook or whatever. The, this seems like maybe an obvious, and any one of you can answer this, I suppose, but this seems like it may be an obvious thing, but like, is it possible because it's a book shape, is, is there a, a certain API or set of patterns that you, you would use uh, where, you know, frequently we have uh, paginated content on the web, right? So you've got like, at the bottom, you've got a bunch of page numbers and you hit and you go to the next thing. Is there is there like a known pattern for this where I can actually take a site that's like that and be like, okay, well, I'll display one page on one side and another page on the other side and actually have more of a book sort of experience. Reinventing the book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you, you want to mention? There is actually an example. Yeah. So, so we have this pattern. Uh, uh, we literally have uh, one of, uh, you know, like in, in our documentations, we highlighted this pattern. Uh, something I want to say about this pattern on the web today is uh, how easy is it for us, web for web developers, to make it happen in CSS only? And that that's, I think, a conversation for another podcast, to bringing CSS regions back. <laughs> uh, how easy so, is it to do anything in CSS only? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's... Uh, it is doable. Uh, it is possible today um, uh, with JavaScript for sure, with CSS and JavaScript for sure, uh, with CSS only also possible. Uh, it needs it needs like a lot of, uh, it, you know, like I, uh, it needs a lot of um, I would say love to 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 <laughs> uh, uh, to make. But I like I keep thinking every time I see this kind of um, a real kind of real book pagination pattern across the two displays when the device in a book in a book like posture uh, is like CSS regions. And if you want to see CSS regions coming back, please let us know. Reply on Twitter and and tag every person who works on the browser you know of, and uh, 
Yeah, I, uh, uh, that, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of the only thing that comes to my mind when, when, when talking about this kind of pattern. <laughs> so uh, the other question I would have is the API, like, can you actually get like how hinged it is? Can you be like, oh, it's at this many degrees or is it this many degrees? Like, could I make a web app that's like, I'm going to use this like a, like a protractor yeah. or whatever to like measure the an angle? Uh, and, and yeah, in, in this case, I want to give a shout out to uh, uh, Intel and uh, Samsung internet uh, folks. Uh, uh, also the Samsung internet uh, colleague who, uh, friend who worked on this is now a colleague on edge. Uh, so yeah, th uh, they proposed uh, uh, an API that actually informs you about the posture. Uh, it doesn't give you the degree uh, as in like, you know, a typical sensor API where like the degree is like 40 degrees right now. No, it just gives you like a general like posture. It is like, you know, laptop posture right now, or it's a book posture. So, you know, you don't get the exact value. Uh, possible we can, uh, we might add like a, a sensor API to give you an exact number uh, of like, you know, it's now like this amount of degrees uh, bent or folded. Uh, but generally speaking, the posture is actually like, uh, in, in my personal opinion is, I, I prefer the posture is easier to deal with. It's possible via CSS as well. So if the device is sitting like a laptop, you know, we ha we can have a media query, media feature detect and match that. Uh, and um, yeah, so we have something like that. It's also like kind of, uh, I think there is a prototype for it in Samsung internet today, uh, but I'm very excited like to see this month, uh, if this API is gonna be presented at TPAC and discussed with other browser vendors and the web standards people, uh, because this is kind of complete the story. Super interesting. Yeah, I didn't know if the media queries would actually be like, oh, when it's folded past this many degrees, then do this if it's folded like, but it's actually got a posture. Because I could see all yeah. sorts of other funny applications for the angle thing, right? Like <laughs> yeah. making games out of like, okay, I have to aim this way. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. so I, I initially wanted, I, I initially wanted to have degrees, like in my head, I wanted to have degrees because I wanted to increase the padding uh, nearby the hinge area based on how many degrees, like if it's completely flat, I don't want any padding. If it's like super narrow, I want to increase the padding a lot. So I wanted more controls by having a degree, a number. I want it like 10 degrees, 90 degrees, you know, like, so I can calculate more. But actually web developers found it, you know, like preferable to say like the device is now flat. The device is now book, you know, like they don't want really like to have like a lot of between this degree and that degree, and we create this this experience. So they they just want like a simple enumerate, uh, you know, like simple enum of like you know, uh, like six six postures or eight postures, and that's it. Like it's you know better than dealing with greater than or less than this degree. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's it's probably better for the common case for sure. The the other stuff yeah. I can only think of like oh I want to take this and I want to be a goofball with web. AR or something and like, you know, make some augmented reality game that changes as I, <laughs> as I fold things around or, or something odd. Like I, it would be like weird corner case apps that people would want to make with something like that. I'd imagine. Yeah. And, uh, I'm, I'm actually like taking a lot of mental notes from things you say here. And uh, I'm going to say, well, Ben Lair said, uh, <laughs> it's a good use case. I'm going to be arguing for a lot of uh, things. Please keep the scenarios and ideas coming our way. <laughs> It'd be great to just get together. Like, um, Stephanie, I know you have a designer background, so I'm just wondering, like, you know, you work with a lot of developers. I don't know a lot of developer-related things, but, like, do designers ever get together and just pontificate on things? And is there sort of, like, a collective <laughs> that has opinions? 
Uh, yes, there there is a collective. So there's, I know there's developer Twitter, um, and but and there's also design Twitter. Uh, um, but I haven't been that plugged in to the design community that that often. But we love to we love to like get in a room and think about things. So I mean, we're the same as developers in that way. <laughs> yeah. I love that too. I always, you know, I was thinking about a problem I had this morning and it's like, is it a development problem that we need to solve or a design problem we need to solve, right? And still not 100% clear on that. But I think, um, you know, uh, having designers kind of have input on these types of things and, and also explore the possibilities, you know, that's what I love working with designers. Like you just, you just never know what's going to happen or how they're going to rethink something. And I think that's that, that's kind of like the, the coolest part about these new devices and, and again, these new APIs that we have. Yeah, exactly. And like when designers start imagining things, we want developers to not say like, oh, no, this is impossible. Like, no, don't talk to me about this. We can't do this. We wanted to make it like, you know, as as simple as possible for developers to kind of extend their existing stuff to accommodate for designers new ideas. Yeah, because designers, like as, again, as someone who started out in design and worked with a developer, I don't know how many times I, I would come up with something and they'd say, no, no, like we can't do that. And so that is kind of part of my job too on, on the developer experiences team is bridging that gap between design and developers and trying to make communicating and working together easier and like trying to get those because developers and designers like they think differently and and cut, approach things differently and so trying to ease that communication gap is important if you can design it you can develop it i mean yep <laughs> i am so ridiculously distracted trying to come up with weird ideas that, of things you could do with this right now like i just thought like what what if you, what if you made like some sort of battleship game right or two well, people that have these. <laughs> like you had your board up top of where you're attacking and where you put your boats in the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? Every play yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it's like ideal for that. Yeah. And uh game. and let and me I tell you by Hasbro. Uh, like, awesome. I want to give another shout out to Intel friends that actually developed a battleship game for Duo on the web. So okay. it already exists today. Damn it. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll reply <laughs> we'll reply with the link to the tweet. So uh, yeah. I, I love that you, you're sitting here coming up with ideas. Please, please keep them coming. No, so I, I'm pointed out. I thought I was so original with that. Yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you can even see, um, you can, I mean, so many things, but I'm thinking about my iPad now. And honestly, I have to say, I mean, being in, in you know, an Apple user, <laughs> please, Apple, come up with these devices as well so that we can have more than. Just three cameras on the back of my screen. <laughs> I've made the jump. I'm not an Apple user anymore, really. I'm like, yeah, I'm over. Yeah. That FaceTime, though, that FaceTime and that group chat, mm -hmm. oh, I just can't get, oh get away from $20,000 pyramid, right? Like taboo. So you, you have it like this, and then you have the word, and the other person has to guess it, and you have the things down here that they can't say. Yeah, or the guess. You need a microphone to detect they said the wrong thing. These are all great ideas. I love all the ideas. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just excited. 
keep going. A million dollar idea is coming from this. I know. Like, like if we life. just let Ben just like not work, you know, it's like your job is to not work and just come up with ideas. I mean, it'd be so cool to see what ex interesting things could happen. And I think it's the same thing, right? Like getting all the designers together and just like letting them think for a week and only do that. I mean, it, it's, it would be so cool to see like the, the ideas that come out of this. I mean, I just keep coming up with like even um, just ideas for sites that like I frequent already. Like if I'm shopping for shoes, it's like how great would it be if I could have like my list or all the shoes on one on one screen. And then if I click into one, it appears on the other screen. But I still have like that whole search page. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, Speaking of uh, somebody who does a lot of online shopping as well, I totally agree. Or like some of these, um, where was I shopping? I was shopping on Pretty Little Thing and they always have these um, videos, you know, but like if a video popped up because it shows you the product while you're while you're shopping. But yeah, that whole like shopping cart thing, like having your shopping cart there and and being able to shop at the same time, super important stuff. More important than anything you guys are saying. <laughs> no email, just shopping. Or just a, a plugin that takes all the ads that would normally get in your way and puts them on the other screen. Ooh. <laughs> You're really nice. That's a good one. I'll bet you ad networks though are gonna be like, we can maximize profits mm. now. <laughs> One of the screens acts as a billboard and the other one. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. It would, it would become a meme after. If that was a popular feature, it would become a meme because people would be like, oh, that, that thing is so right screen, right? Like, <laughs> it's like the useless thing that is in your way. It goes over to the right screen. It would also be super useful. I mean, not only, yeah, fine, right screen, but like it's still there as a billboard and like ad networks are going to make so much more money if that's actually the case. I mean, I mean I, thinking about it though, and like, I would prefer one ad on one side instead of having 20 covering the content that I'm trying to read and I'm like trying right. to close. Right. You're, you're more, and you're more likely to actually interact with an ad that isn't annoying, right? Like even an ad for something I really want, if it gets in my way while I'm trying to do something else, I'm like, nope, close. Where's the little X? Like, can I kill it now? Okay, so everybody needs to go start talking to these ad networks and marketing firms because they're going to be like, here's a billion dollars. Make this happen for us, please. Whatever you guys need. It'd be really interesting if the killer app for this, like, dual screen web is, like, better ad placement. <laughs> oh, my God. Please let this be our future. Um, and then hopefully, can we all make money off of it, though? Like, <laughs> the origin. Um well, this was really fun. Um, I want to kind of um, figure out where we can find you guys on the internet. So obviously you all are on Twitter, but are there any, you know, forums people can join or places they can follow along or get involved if they want? I think the two team Twitter accounts at uh, MS Edge Dev, I think, and at Surface Duo Dev, uh, two places that I would follow to get, you know, just the technology news about the device and about, um, you know, Edge extensions. Um, and I mentioned, you know, our doc site for a dual screen, uh, docs.microsoft.com-dual-screen a few times um, for, you know, everything Microsoft that's about, you know, this style of device as well. Um, I'd start there. Yeah, and, and um, for, you know, like, if you wanna, if you have, like, kind of 
uh, a suggestion um, or idea and, when, and you have kind of a write-up about the API, like you things you want to change or, or, or adjust. We have uh, Microsoft Edge Explainer's GitHub uh, project uh, and you can open issues, uh, put any kind of content you want, open an issue for us and, and we, will, we will look at it. Um, uh, also, these APIs are currently kind of incubated in the second screen community group and uh, in the CSS working group, uh, GitHub repos as well. So, you know, feel free to find us like, um, if, if it doesn't fit in a tweet and you and you want to like write a write up uh, with, with all the uh, ideas or complaints you have, please, um, there is like a lot of GitHub kind of places where you can uh, tag us and, and uh, 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 let us know. And, and especially web developers, I think they should be a part of the uh, the process, you know, like making sure that we are solving the the problem, the right problem for them, and and um, yeah, doing the right thing. Yeah. So, what about um, uh, what about like if people? I mean, I I guess I guess if you want to contribute, you should probably go to let's see. A lot of this work was done in W three C, right? Or so. Is there a link there? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, ba basically we have, uh, uh, so W3C community groups and working groups have like GitHub projects as well. Uh, so yeah, there is, uh, uh, there is like kind of a right place and a right tag uh, to, uh, to open an issue and tag us, uh, and tag us in it. Uh, and I wanna thank uh, Second Screen Working Group for allowing us to incubate our API with them and CSS Working Group to allow us to incubate also the CSS uh, portion of the API with them as well. Uh, their help has been tremendous. Um, so I will uh, I will provide all uh, all the links developers need to see past issues, uh, what we've been discussing um, uh, on the CSS working group and and, uh, and other places, and where where they can contribute and open issues. I'm not sure how we can post the links on Twitter. I'm not sure what's the best format. Yeah, if you I'd, send them I'd imagine any like actual like functionality bugs you would file with like the Chromium bug yes. tool, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, we, uh, we have the DevTools work completely uh, uh, completely upstream. Uh, so uh, uh, opening a bug on CR bugs is, is the right place. We're currently working on upstreaming the Android implementation. So uh, yeah, um, uh, CR bugs is the ideal place for, for, for all the bugs and issues. Awesome. Well, thank you again for everyone for joining. Thank you so much for educating uh, the modern web community about this. Um, Hopefully Ben gets some more time off of RSS so he can start developing because I'm excited to see the exciting things that come out of it. Uh, and if you uh, want to hear more about uh, different episodes, you can always visit us at modern.web.com. It's moderndotweb.com. I like confusing names. That. <laughs> uh, and once again, if you want to chat or if you have any ideas about different podcasts that you want to see, feel free to tweet at myself, Lady Elite, on Twitter or Ben Lush, and we'll see you next time. podcast is sponsored by this.labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O slash labs. Oh,
Cause we got a shower for you